This is Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast, hosted by me, Casey Smith. And on the show this week, I'm joined by Barrow Raiders winger, T. Ritson. Last year's top try scorer in League One discusses his upbringing, why he didn't believe he'd make it as a rugby player, and his aims for this season. It's all on Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast. First of all, welcome to the show. Yeah, nice one. Uh, so, let's just start off then. Um, Barrow got promoted last year. <laughs> um, what was it like going up last year? Uh, yeah, it was obviously... It, we, we were favourites right from the off. Um, I think we were sort of expected by most teams to get promoted, but we didn't always have it our own way all year. Um there was lots of times where, you know, we had to face, we were in the face of adversity. We didn't get it our own way. Uh, lost a few games, um, but we stuck together as a team uh, throughout the whole year. And I think um, in the end, it was just really rewarding to finally to finally go up as champions. And obviously, it was a big weight off our shoulders not having to go, go into the playoffs and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, it was a real good play, um, buzz about the place all year. Um, and it was just nice to sort of reward the fans um, for supporting us all year and get some silverware for the club. Um, really exciting times ahead. and looking forward to getting started this year as well. Yeah, and at one point, I think you you slipped behind Workington like for a week or so, and and then you you went back ahead. But when that happened, did you think, oh god, we're going to have to go through all this this playoff now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I say, it was a bit topsy turvy. Um, there was a little patch um, mid season, like you say, work it and then look um, above us. Um, and there was teams such as North Wales as well, stringing in really good, yeah. you know, results week after week. They went on about a seven game unbeaten streak. They were beating all the top teams, including ourselves and work it and uh, probably done us a little bit of favour in the end by beating work it as well. But um, yeah, there was like I said, there was lots of times we didn't have it our own way. We, we weren't always top top of the league. We had to we had to claw back um, to get to get into that number one position again. But um, in the end, you know, it, it made it all worth worthwhile. It made it more rewarding. Uh, um, but it was a challenge which I enjoyed. Yeah, and going way back then, because um, you're from Thailand. Uh, did you yeah. did you grow up there, or when, like when did you come over to England? Yeah, so obviously I've, I've got um, Thai heritage. Um, I, I I haven't actually had chance to represent Thailand yet, and um, numerous factors over the past couple of years. But um, I'm hoping to represent them at the end of this year. But that's something, obviously, to uh, just that's something in the pipeline. Um, so my dad's yeah, my dad's English. And my mum's Thai. Um, a funny story actually they both met in Israel um, and then he ended up going back to Thailand um, my dad went back to Thailand with my mum that's where I was born and then um, we moved back over to England when I was two years old 
So I've been living in England ever since I was two, and um, this is where I've grew up. Um, but obviously, I've got a strong, strong Thai heritage. <clears throat> yeah. So, like, do you do you remember anything f- about Thailand, or is it just can you just remember from being in England? Um, yeah. So it's um, it's funny story. My my mum and dad always say when I was still a baby in Thailand when I was two years old and stuff. I used to be able to speak a little bit of Thai. <laughs> I used to be able to write my name in Thai and stuff like that. Obviously came to England, all that's gone. I can, yeah. I can barely speak a word of Thai now. <laughs> but um, growing up, I uh, used to go to Thailand maybe every two or three years just to see yeah. family and stuff. Um, you know, I keep in touch with them. I haven't been over for about maybe five years now. Um, so I'm hopefully looking looking to get back there sometime yeah. soon, catch up with everyone. Um, but yeah, it's such a lovely place. Um, I used to love going out there. Um, fingers crossed I can get back out there at the end of this year as yeah. well to represent them Does your mum still live here then or is she yeah 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 so my mum and dad yeah they're still um, living in Maryport it's a town close to working and um, obviously working was my first professional club but yeah ever since then my mum and dad both both living in Maryport um, that's where I grew up and um, I've, I've been living in Barrow myself now for about two years <clears throat> So when when did you first start getting involved into rugby league? Well, um, I think I was about six years old when I started playing. Um, I can still remember it now, like it was yesterday. Um, we were in primary school. Um, I believe I was in year two or year three, and uh, just some we got some leaflets handed out um, in school from our local team, our local coaches and stuff, we, we had some leaflets just about starting a starting the under six and under sevens team um for rugby league and I thought yeah it's something I would um, obviously well bit of influence from my dad as well just to take up sport and I thought yeah it's something I would like to do. I was very sporty as a kid. There was all sorts of different sports that I tried out um, rugby being one of them. But so yeah I took myself down to the training day. Uh, got myself involved, and ever since then, I've just I've, I've been hooked. I've, I've played it all my life. Yeah. So was was that what you always wanted to do then? Um, I realised at a very young age um, that that I was I was quite good at the sport. Um, I've always been um, a natural athlete. Um, like I said, there's there's been numerous sports I've tried. I've done football. Um, athletics, um, stuff like that, um, sort of any sport that I could in secondary school as well. But I've always been rugby's always been my strongest sport. Yeah, um, it's the one that I've stuck with um, since the start. Um, and yeah, as a kid, I never really, I never really seen myself in this position that I, like that I find myself in today. But um, you know, as I got older, started playing in like academies and stuff like that. I thought, yeah, it's it's something I can make a go of. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously started started working harder and training harder to try and get to where I want to be. Yeah. But um, as a kid, I wasn't I wasn't overly, you know what I mean. I always wanted to play sport, but I didn't actually see myself as having a career. To be honest with to be honest with you, but it sort of grew on me as I got older. <laughs> Why? How come you never saw that then? Um, there was. I'm. I'm not sure. I think it was maybe just the confidence thing. Yeah. Something. I've, I've always been. I've always been um, selected for county teams and stuff like that. 
Um, but there was always a sort of, I, I was never like the biggest player. I've all, I was always like the smallest player in the team and stuff like that. I always thought I was maybe too small uh, yeah. naturally to ever make it. Um, but as, as I got older, I sort of realised, you know, size isn't an issue. Um, you know, if, if I work on other aspects of my game, then hopefully I can get to where I want to be. Were you told that, like, you know, when growing up, was it like, oh, you're, you'll never do it because you're too small? Is that is that what you experienced? Um, not. It was sort of just a stigma at the time. You got it a lot from um, amateur clubs and that. Basically, when I was a kid, um, off like other coaches and stuff, saying I would need to need to beef up and stuff like that. And then uh, um, going into some when I was getting older, um, it was always sort of. Um, one of the one of the targets for me was that I need probably needed to put weight on and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was sort of it was more around you know like the under fourteens, under sixteens era where where I was sort of getting singled out for being maybe not not as big as I should be or stuff yeah. like that. <clears throat> so when you signed for Workington, then that must have been like yeah, forget all you like who are saying all this. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was pretty satisfying. It was, yeah, it it was sort of. Um, I was sort of proud, obviously, to get to where to where I got to, and it was sort of like, yeah, like a point proven, you know, that size doesn't matter, stuff like that. If if you've got it, then, um, yeah, then you've you've got it. But uh, yeah, it was um, it it was like I say, it was satisfying to sort of get the opportunity. I wanted to sort of prove to everyone that. Yeah, I'm good enough to play at this level. And then, obviously, I started working harder and harder once I got that opportunity. So, who first spotted you then? How did it come about? Like from playing, you know, for yeah. So, um, I was on the uh, the Salford at the time. It was called the Salford City Reds. I was on their scholarship program um, under 16s. Um, I got offered. Um, so it was like, I can't remember the phrase of it, but it was like um, I got offered a contract for the academy, but it was, wasn't was paid. I can't remember what, what the what the deal was with it there again. It wasn't a proper academy contract. Um, but after that, there was also offers from, um, it was Cumbria Storm Academy, which is where I then went to sign on for. Um, and after after the Cumbria Storm Academy, I then went on to work at the town because with the Cumbria Academy, um, whichever sort of area you were from, you'd be contracted to that um, professional club. So, for example, players on the Storm Academy from the Barrow region would be sort of contracted from Barrow Raiders. Myself from Allardale, I would be contracted to work at the town. And then you've got like the Whitehaven area players contracted to Whitehaven, but. Uh, after that Cumbria Storm Academy, if if you got offered a contract, then you would go, obviously, to that team. So I, I, I then went on to work in town after two years at the Cumbria Storm Academy. Yeah. So you mentioned Salford then, so you was you with them. That must have been some travelling then. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. So um, there was myself and um, one of my best mates as well um, called Brandon Moore. You probably know him, he's at Halifax now. Um, captain there, but a really good player. There was myself and Brandon, and uh, there was two two lads from Whitehaven as well, uh, Connor and Joe. So we used to we used to car share on a on a weeknight and on a weekend 
Um, obviously, it was a lot of travelling. Yeah. Um, we were still in school. We were having to leave early from school, set off early on a Saturday morning, um, coming from West Cumbria all the way down to Salford. So it, it was a lot of travelling. Then obviously, you had like game days and stuff on the weekend, which we had to we had to commit to as well. But it, it was well worth it. I wouldn't have changed it. It was a good experience, yeah. and hundred um, percent glad I'm done it. Yeah. So growing up, then, like, who were your like rugby league heroes then? Um, growing up, I, I was always a, a fan of fullbacks. So I liked uh, Brent Webb, um, Brett Hodgson, um, players like that. And growing up, I, uh, Billy Slater as well, obviously. Um, growing up, I, I was predominantly a fullback, so I uh, I idolised fullbacks. Um, looking mainly at the skillful ones, the quick ones, stuff like that. Um, and players that I could obviously watch on a regular basis, but yeah, but Billy Slater is probably well, obviously right up there um, as one of my idols. Um, so it's someone obviously I, as a kid I could look up to and aspire to try and be like. Yeah. So obviously, one of your big skills is that you're so fast, and obviously defenders uh, <laughs> you can't get near you. Um, yeah. How fast actually are you then? Um, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people say I'm pretty quick. I, I got dubbed last year as the fastest man in league. One, well, I don't know <laughs> if that's true or. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to sort of claim that myself. But yeah, uh, there's different. I, I know I am pretty quick, but there's different. There's different types of speed. You know, like it's it's a lot easier to run without a ball in your hand. Yeah. Sometimes if you're running with a ball in your hand, it can slow you down a bit. Um, but yeah, I I do. I, I think a strong point of my game is um, kick chases, stuff like that. Running without the ball, I tend to tend to be able to get an upper edge on defenders, um, running freely, trying to get past them. Um, I've put a bit of weight on this year, but hopefully um, I'll be able to see in the next couple of weeks whether that hinders my speed or not, because yeah. the conditions aren't great to be able to measure it at the minute, but um, I'd like to think I'm, I'm still pretty quick. So putting the weight on, is that a deliberate thing or is that just because it were the off-season or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's a bit of both. It's something I always wanted to do again, um, but my coach wanted me, he, he sort of challenged me to put five five kilos on. Um, I ended up putting eight kilos on, so I've put, I've, I've put even more on. Um, but it was something I wanted to do anyway. Um, I was going up into the championship, the, the players there are bigger, um, the stronger, more athletic. So it was something I was always going to do personally, but I did get the challenge um, of my coach to do so as well. But um, I believe just with that extra bit of weight and stuff behind me, hopefully I can be a bit more stronger and a bit more effective in the championship. Yeah. So in training then, do you work on your speed or like do you want to get quicker? Or Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but there was um, sometimes last year, I would uh, go down to an athletics track and I would run with the local athletics team and stuff like that, get a little bit of extra sprint training in and stuff like that. It's um, it's something I've spoken about with my strength and conditioner because he said, obviously, in off-season, um, at the end of the season, a lot of people go for long runs. They keep the fitness, but they don't keep up the sprint training and stuff like that. So people tend to lose speed. But it's um, it's something that I, I want to try. Um, so I'll, I'll do bits in my own time. Um when we're training with the team, it's predominantly in you know, all fitness. Um, 
obviously technique, skill based stuff. So in my own time, that, that that's when I'll go to the gym. I'll try and obviously work on my body, and then I'll do some skin training and stuff like that as well. Yeah, and people always say like you know rugby league athletes are the be- you know the best athletes because they put themselves through so much. Like, but just tell tell us how. You know, like after a game, what what does your body feel like? Are you like absolutely wrecked, or what? What is it? The Sunday just gone. It, that was the first game I played in quite a few months. Um, I didn't get a chance to play play the first two friendlies because of COVID and stuff. So I was scoped um, scoped right in there the first game of the season. And um, on Monday, yeah, I'd, I'd felt like I'd been hit by a bus. So <laughs> it's um, it, it is a bit. It's a very physically demanding sport um, I don't think people realise you know what what we go through at times um, even before the games and stuff if people had seen how much strapping and stuff players put on just to try and protect themselves through the game and stuff um, it is a very physically demanding sport and you've got to people have got to understand as well that a lot of teams such as ourselves are part time so people are going back to work and stuff um, the day after Working more stairs the week, and then obviously in their spare time they go they go to train and play rugby and stuff like that. And it is a obviously it's a paid paid profession, but it, it's very physically demanding. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of Barrow this year, then um, how far do you think they can go? Um, I think we've I think we've got a really good chance of finishing them. Um, mid-table, maybe even pushing for the playoffs. We've we've made some really good signings this year. Um, I think we've um, we've played some really good football in the friendlies, um, particularly against Newcastle. Um, we've got we've got some really good um, ball players, some really good X Factor players in our team, and um, it's something that we've missed the past couple of years. I think we've maybe maybe been a little bit guilty of being a bit too structured sometimes, but We've got some players in now with a little bit of unpredictability. So there's real good mix now in our team of having good structure um, and a bit of unpredictability and stuff like that as well. But um, we're, we're really solid. We I don't think we've been beat at home in maybe two years now. And uh, there's just a real good like, camera admin and uh, buzz around the team. And I think we'll push on from last year and string in some good performances this year. I think I think we can really push on for maybe mid-table, maybe even playoffs, but we'll soon see. Yeah, and you do a lot of work in the community as well, so tell us a bit about that. Yeah, we're doing we're doing all sorts within the community now. Um, we've got three players on board, including myself, so we've got Anton as well and uh, Ellis Gillen, and uh, then we've got some great community coaches that we work with as well. We've got uh, Ruth, Caroline, Isaac and Charlotte and Shauna. Um, and there's we've got loads of stuff on um, every week. So we, we go into schools. We coach. We don't just coach rugby. We do um, dodgeball stuff like that. Um, we're qualified in those um, athletics as well. Um, and then we've got programs for the walking rugby. So elderly. Um, we're starting up a, um, um, a, a a disability rugby team um, for people with learning disabilities and stuff like that. Um, so we've got running groups, walking groups, we do boxer size, um, we, we've got all sorts on throughout the week. We're trying to target every sort of 
um, at, at every group available within the community, try and get as many people interacted with sport um, and engaged with sport as we can. <coughs> and um, that obviously, it's, we're not just we're being inclusive. We're targeting young kids. We've got mini raiders, so we're targeting literally like some babies and stuff, <laughs> toddlers, right up until like the elderly, elderly people, inclusive people of all different sort of ages, um, different sort of uh, variety of skill skill levels and stuff like that. But what we offer as well is the people that come to these programs and initiatives, um, they get like access to old games and stuff like that. We've got game day festivals, so we're trying to get not just grow the sport get more people engaged but we're trying uh, obviously grow the sport of rugby in a whole and get more people involved in battle raids as well yeah is that something that you see yourself doing you know post your rugby career obviously that's a, a, a while off mm. yeah definitely I've, I've got a strong passion about um about rugby and about sort of inspiring people um and uh grow, growing the game as a whole um Obviously, I'm not local to Barrow, but I basically I class myself as local now. I've been living here, um, and uh, since I've joined Barrow, uh, the club, the fans, everyone involved in Barrow, they've been so welcoming to me. Um, they've gave me a lot. I feel like I owe a lot back to them. So this job, it's it's ideal for me. Um, I feel like I can give a lot back to the community that's been so good to me, and um, it's something I'd definitely be interested in. Course would be as well. Yeah, and and one last question then. Um, so, what advice would you give to young players trying to make the way? So, young players, try to, the main main bit of advice I would say is just enjoy it. Um, just have a bit of fun because you don't realise how how quick time flies by. So, um, I I would just enjoy it while you can, live in the moment, enjoy playing with your friends being with your friends, um, training, playing alongside them and don't worry about the results, don't worry about getting the winner at them, um, that early in the stage. Just uh, just go out and enjoy it and uh, yeah, that's basically it, just have fun. That was T. Ritson and thanks again to T for coming on the show and talking about Barrow and talking about his career, etc. But now on the show, we're going to review the weekend's action. Well then, we might as well start off with Super League. Uh, Thursday, it were back. Catalans v Saints. First of all, the attendances uh, across the board as well. You know, they they've really seen an upturn. Castleford have had a pretty much sellout ground. There's been increased attendances in the Championship as well. I think, to be honest, um, because everyone's had to focus their minds. Because there's been reduced central distribution, clubs are looking at other ways of getting income, getting fans in. I think that is is why we're seeing bigger attendances, and it's great. Finally, we're going to see you know more eyes on the sport with Channel Four as well. They got about five hundred thousand average viewers for the first match. Brilliant again. The coverage were bloody good. Leeds were really unlucky though. Warrington, bit rusty, but they'll they'll adapt. But they're going to have to do it quick, because they they've they've got Saints and Catalans in March, so they're going to have to get up to speed. Otherwise, they might already be cut adrift. You know, if they want to position themselves as 
one of the top teams in Super League. That is, of course, they can, they can anyone can win the grand final. You just need to get into top six. But yeah, Catalan Dragons, bit disappointing because I thought the opportunity were there um, to get at Saints because I thought you know they've got rid of quite a lot of players, perhaps not through their own decisions. You know, it's a salary cap sport, so they've got to manage that. They've got rid of Locke and Clute, Kevin Nagama, James Bentley, uh, etc. They've replaced them with these young players who we, we've seen a lot of already. But they look like they're going to be top players. But yeah, they, they've done all that and they look stronger still. So I don't know what Christian Wolf's been doing, but bloody hell. Someone needs to give him you know, a medal or something. I, I think Leeds might be dangerous this year. Also, Salford uh, setting the cat amongst the pigeons, let's say. But they've signed some good players as well. And they've kept older Ken Seo. And many was wondering whether that were going to happen. But they've kept him. So I think Salford might do well this year as well. Toulouse lost. But I think they'll they'll grow into it. I think they'll do better than what Lee did last year. In the Championship, of course, we've got Featherstone and, and Lee... But apart from them, um, Barrow, they're looking really good. They've only just come up this year, but they look like they might actually push for the playoffs like Whitehaven did last year. They've already got good players in Hakim Maloudi, and you've just heard from T. Ritson, but they've added Danny Langtry as well. Um, Jared Samet is with uh, Barrow now. They just beat full-time Newcastle, who have sort of struggled, and they, they beat them in pre-season as well. So... They're doing quite well. And Widness as well. They've added some good players. Some from Oldham. Uh, highlight of that is Tyler Dupree. He's he's a really good young player. I think he was a Leeds Rhinos Academy player at one point. And to be honest, they already had an alright squad. But the additions they've made, quite a few from Sheffield Eagles as well, who, you know, they've got some good players too. So Widness might snatch the playoffs and all. One team I'm worrying about is London because they've, they've they've got this shiny new stadium that they're paying a fortune for, but they've got a and no, I don't want to be disparaging to uh, people at London Broncos, but in essence they've got a League One coach and they've signed a lot of League One players and they've got rid of a lot of the main main players, main Championship experience, so. I worry about London because I think they might be in a relegation battle and you might think bloody hell but if they've been nilled against Whitehaven this week, they were nilled against Halifax last week, they lost to um, Widness as well, I think it's going to be a tough season for them. Now they they want to target getting about 5,000 fans into play lane and they've had encouraging uh, figures. I think they got 2,000 in for the first match, which were the, like the, the highest they've seen for, for years on years. But I don't think fans are going to come if, they, if they're if watching them lose every single week. Now, I hope I'm wrong, but I really fear for London. I think Whitehaven might be in a bit of trouble as well this year because a lot of their key players have, have left. And that's your roundup for Championship and Super League. And that's it for this week as well. Next week on the show, we're talking PDRL. If you don't know, PDRL stands for Physical Disability Rugby League. And my guest for that week is 
the Castleford Tigers PDRL captain, Nick Kennedy. And he's also part of the England setup as well. And he'll be talking about his journey into the sport, what his aims are, and why he loves PDRL. So, see you next week for that. <laughs>